Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The zone It's time to talk some jazz basketball with the voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. Uh, his uh, interview brought to you each and every week by our good friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. Out to the zone phone we go. We go. He is David Locke with us here on the big show. What's up, David? Not much. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing great. Um, how much? Uh, I just saw that uh, Park City got 12 inches of snow today. Is that true? How it much snow did you get today? It was dumping snow when I came over Parley Summit this morning. Um, I did not ski today. I had some things I needed to do. Um, so, uh, but it was it was like actually a hellacious drive this morning. I bet. Yeah, with all that wind, too. I mean, I, I was blown all over the road last night going home. It was nuts. Yeah, it, it was uh, It was all right. But I was in my Murdoch uh, Elantra, so I was there fine. There you go. So you were good to go. <laughs> there you go. Sponsorship plug snow? right there. Is that huh? is that what's is that what snow good to ski on or is it no uh, yeah. no okay. it is not it is not as good as the great Utah powder but I would say not that anybody really really cares but I would say that the three days I had Friday Saturday and Sunday were three of the most fun days that I've had in a long time skiing they were not powder they were just. That corn, that inch of butter that was just, I was on my son's World Club, Cup slalom skis. I had truly, truly had as most fun as I've had on the mountain in three straight days in a long, long, long time. It was, it was, it was awesome this week. So, David, we have a couple of, uh, of nights off. I say we, you and I do, but the team, of course, as well. And, uh, you know, fatigue has, has been a hotly debated topic. And uh, I even saw today ESPN released a piece about uh, N- uh, NBA personnel see a link between compressed schedule and rash of injuries. So it's being examined on a number of different levels. And I know we've asked you about it before, but this wonky season with all these games so close together, what effect do you think it's having? So on the injury thing, I'm I'm actually a little doubtful on it. I, I, I have not read the ESPN article. I apologize. So if I'm wrong, on I, I I actually sent a text message. Who wrote it? By the way, I'm curious because I sent a text message to Pelton today that Baxter I need to talk to. Baxter Holmes. Oh, so Baxter's really good at this stuff. He's a great writer. But I um, I know Baxter well. I'll have to I'll read it and then reach out to him. Um, so I um, I'm actually I'm actually don't feel as though there's been more injuries this year. What I, I do, and maybe Baxter's got data that proves otherwise. I, I would need data to show me there's been more injuries this year. What I think's happened this year is two things. When there are injuries because you're now playing four or five games a week instead of three, you're missing many more games. Probably playing four games, right? We do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, like every week for the rest of the year. Like, that's unusual. Um... And so if you miss a week now, instead of missing two or three games, you're missing four. So when Anthony Davis goes and misses a bunch of time, he's missing 25 games. 
I also feel like because the season kind of ran up on each other, that guys are more willing to sit out extended periods right now. Um, maybe not. Maybe that's not true. Um, you know, an injury is an injury, right? LeBron had a high ankle sprain. He's out for a long time. Um, so I'd be curious to see the data. Um, obviously, our MVP candidates are all kind of injured. But, you know, Clay Thompson was injured the year before, and Steph Curry was injured the year before that. Like, I don't I, – what I actually think is that the game's really, really hard. Like, so I'm hoping Ron's not listening right now because, and actually I joke about this, but like I don't want to pigeonhole Ron the wrong way on this because I actually think the exact opposite is true. I think the greatest uh, attribute of Ron Boone as a broadcaster is that at 70-something years old, he has this, he embraces the new game and adapts to it and enjoys it rather than the, you know, old-school guy sitting on his TNT desk. I mean, anywhere who is always complaining about the new game and how ridiculous it is without any understanding. But, like, I do think that the biggest difference in the game today, even from Stockton Malone, even from, and then definitely era past that to Bird Magic, one is you're, you're in the same amount of time you're going up and down the floor 20 extra times. So that's a lot. Right? We were playing 90 possessions a game, offensively we're now playing a hundred that's a 12 percent increase and we're doing it's on both sides of the floor right so we used to play 180 times now we're playing 200 like that's a lot and if you remember don nelson's teams used to play at a faster pace than everyone and have a ton of injuries like i remember one of the most interesting pieces i ever read was a scott osler piece like those gordon you know those pieces that like make you become a journalist like, this was, like, the piece that as a kid I remember reading and being like, oh, I want to do that. And he analyzed, like, well, if the Warriors are playing, you know, eight possessions more than the rest of the league and they're doing it on both sides of the floor and it's 16 possessions and they play 80 games, their guys are running up and down the floor like the equivalent of 10 more games. And they were having all these injuries. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. So I think first thing that's happening is that we're playing so much faster that everyone's playing a lot more, which increases injury. The second thing is defense is hard now. So defense used to be you just guarded your man, and you stayed on your man, you just stayed with him, and that was it. And maybe the most outrageous movement is that they went into the post and Malone, and someone brought a double team, and you kind of had to rotate out. Like, that would be the most movement you made in the 90s. In the 80s, you just guarded your man. Go watch Larry Bird, like, pass to Kevin McHale. Nobody leaves their man. Now, every possession, you're shifting, you're rotating, you're coming over, you're switching. There's a pick and there's we've gone from like 30 pick and rolls to 80 pick and rolls a game on every side. Like the burden on the player is so much more than it's ever been before. And that's why we're having injuries. So, sorry, long answer. I've actually been thinking about this a good deal in the last few days, obviously because of Jamal Murray, but even before that. The other thing I would go back to is a conversation I had with Mike Elliott, who is the jazz, you know, health guru. And he was saying that the peak for a player is to play every other day. Now, when we go play three and four and five and seven, we're getting over that a little bit right now. But he actually was saying that the, that if the remember, we had a rash of injuries two years ago in the league when they opened up the schedule. And there was a feeling that that actually – could have been part of the reason that they opened up the schedule and all of a sudden players are getting three days off and then trying to come back and having muscle tears. So the peak for a player actually is to get at peak performance and stay there. 
The problem is, is when you tire out, and that's when we're playing these back-to-backs. You want one more thought? Sure. Hit us. There's a, there's a data piece out there that – well, I really am diarrhea of the mouth today. Um, sorry. Uh, there's a data piece out there that players who play on the second game of back-to-back are like 8% slower if they've played X amount of minutes on the night before. I actually think teams – should play an A team and a B team on back-to-backs. So, and you have to decide two things. One is which of your players at 7% slower, whatever it is, are actually not very good. And which of your players, Rudy Gobert, at 7% slower are so great it doesn't matter. But you also might just preserve their health. So, You might just decide, like, all right, well, if we're playing Friday, Saturday, then we're going to play Donovan one night, Mike the other. Joe will play on the night with Donovan, so we have a point guard. Mike will, you know, like, Jordan Clarkson plays with Mike, and, like, and then Royce plays one night and not the other, and Rudy plays one night and Faves not the other. And so, and I'm leaving out, let's see, George Niang, but otherwise that's your eight-man rotation, and all your guys are playing over 25 minutes a night, and you just split them up. And then your Mia Onis, your Darrell Brantleys, your Ursan Ilyasovas, they play both nights because they're actually not playing enough minutes that they get slower. So you take your core rotation guys and just divide your A team and your B team. You might lose both. It might not be worth it. But it's an interest. I, if I was a general manager of a team, I think I would build a team with that concept in mind for, for trying to play two games. <laughs> So you brushed up against this question already, David, but I've been told that you have a strong opinion about it specifically. So within the context of of expending energy to win games, how important is it for the Jazz to finish number one in the West? I think the number one seed's really important. It actually might be sliding a little less important with the fact that it's so clearly now likely to be the Lakers in the second round, just the way the last week is played. But frankly, I think the Clippers are the best team in the West. I've thought that the whole year. The data shows that to me. I actually had, frankly, I had Denver as pretty close to the second best team in the West until the injury. Um, So I, um, so, I mean, that's just tragic, but, uh, I think that I think the one seed is massively important for three reasons. Um, one is by playing one is there's seven. I think there's seven really great teams in the West. Maybe there's only six and you, and that would, you know, if it depends what you think of Portland on this uh, and then you're playing someone else. I think that's now that someone else can be Steph or Zion. So that's not great. But, in, you know, I'd rather be five in the East in my first-round matchup than one in the West. How's that? Mm-hmm. I'd rather play Atlanta in the first round than Zion or Steph. But, um, so I think that's a big deal. I think, I think the eight seed is going to be a much easier team to play than six or, or seven. Uh, you know, you're not sure what it's going to be, but I'm, I'm just presuming that Portland wins that game. And if Portland doesn't win that game, then, you know, you're guaranteed – then they're not right. Um, Number two is that the eight seed in the new structure, and the new structure is that seven plays eight in the play-in tournament and the loser then plays the winner of nine, ten, means that the eight seed will have already played two playoff games and have no time to prep for you. So I think that's super important. Three is, like, 
there's a chance we could have like eight or 10,000 people in the building by then. Right? Chance. Hopefully. Maybe it's more. I don't know. Um, I, I made up that number, but I'm just kind of, it's the natural progression. What? We're at 5,500. We keep, people keep getting vaccinated. We keep making progress. Like, hopefully. Um, so I think we, you know, and I think the third piece is I think the five, well, now four, dominant teams in the West are really, really close. Like, our record's better than anyone else, but we're not way better than the Lakers, and we're not way better than the other teams. I'm sorry if our fans want to believe that. There's, I mean, we've just been healthier. Honestly, I'm not trying to dismiss, dismiss what we've done. What we've done is amazing. We deserve credit for health. But, like, the other night was the first time we've played a game missing two rotation players. The Clippers have played like 25 of those. The Lakers have played about 40 of those. The Phoenix has played very few of those. That's why they are where they are in the standings. Uh, Denver has now played a huge amount of those. Dallas has been crippled by COVID. So a lot of what I think is separating one through six right now has been the team's abilities to stay healthy and the ability to follow COVID protocol. They, and you deserve great credit for that. But if we're all healthy and we're getting in the playoffs and none of that stuff matters anymore – Let's take advantage of what we did well this year, which is to stay healthy and, you know, manage our minutes and avoid COVID, and let's take that one seed and go with it. So, sorry. You guys, this is like a one-question interview. I've had a really emotionally long day, and so this has been a great respite. How's that? It's been, been great, and you honestly have a long way to go to match our guy Frank Layden when it comes to fewest questions asked in an interview because, uh, Frank, he's full of information and just – Let's it go. So you're 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 good, buddy. You're you're all good. Uh, I want to ask. A whole lot, it's a whole lot better, David, than trying to drag something out. Of oh, something. Yeah. amen to that. Uh, want to ask you about the play-in scenario, David, with the the play-in tournament, and this is kind of a multi-part uh, question. One, your overall thoughts on it. Two, do you think it's here to stay? And three, what did you think about Mark Cuban and uh, Luca Grossen about it yesterday? I love the play-in tournament. I think it's the best additional league in a long time. Um, in fact, like the Lakers' injuries would have been just an irrelevant story, but instead it became a story of whether they might go to the play-in game. Um, I, I think it's preventing tanking. Like Washington, we beat Washington by twenty the other night. If there's no play-in game, hmm. like they're not playing Bradley Beal. Like they're shit and got entertainment value way up. There's only, uh, what, probably six teams in the NBA that are not trying to make the playing game right now? Minnesota, only because they're just terrible. I mean, they didn't mean to. They just turned out to be terrible and had injuries. Oklahoma City and Houston, right? Right. And in the East, Cleveland, not because they wanted to, but just because they're terrible. Um. And I don't, I'm forgetting two other teams in the East that aren't very good. Detroit. So there's six teams that aren't trying. Like, that's pretty good to have 24 or 30 teams competing right now. Like, Sacramento, like, won five in a row, and their fan base was all fired up like they're going to make the playing game. And, like, it matters. I think it's going to be great. And so, one of the playing games is going to be, like, Steph or Zion. I agree with you, David. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty cool innovation. I hope and they like, keep it. And, and, and I didn't actually hear Cuban, so I apologize. I, and I saw I didn't see it. I saw the headline on the Jazz TV last night, but I haven't heard it. Um, uh, 
uh, like, I don't know what the gripe is. Like, the eighth-place team and the seventh-place teams, other than, like, the year Dikembe won and there was a um, a seventh seed that won an interesting first-round playoff game a few years ago, uh, I think it was Portland-New Orleans, when Portland fell and New Orleans got them. But it's not like they're really, like, come on, be honest. Like, you're not – like, you're seven or eight for a season. You're not competing for a title. So, so what if you actually get knocked out because you don't win the playing game? Like, I'm not buying that that's, like – some great disservice to the game and if the east and west inequality is so dramatic that the west seven team is good then fix it west and east inequality and have a 16 team playoff with the and do a play-in tournament with the final eight spot eight teams and stretch it out to the same way to 20 like do it that way but and then we really don't then you really don't have a gripe right like that's a better answer is have 12 teams make the playoffs and then have a have some sort of play-in tournament for the final four seats. What do you think of that, Jake? I, I, I think it's interesting. I like what David said about tanking. I, I think that that is an issue uh, for the uh, for the NBA. I just don't know if I want to see this be permanent. Wait, why don't you like I it? I like it, yeah. Oh, it's he's, okay. He, he's, he thinks it diminishes the regular season. I right? do. I do think it does. Okay, the other one we got to do is Elon scoring. That's the other change. This is the first good change. And the next one is Elon scoring. I know. I've heard you talk about this a lot, and this this I'm, is I'm much more radical. I'm 100% in on this. Yeah. I'm 100% in on this. Like, 100% in on You, it's an entertainment business. If you have Elon scoring, for those who don't know what it is, is you take the score at the end of the third quarter and you add, like, let's just say 25 points to the leading team and the game is over when that team gets to that point. So if someone has 75 points, you had 25 first team to hundred wins. You then have two things. One is you have a game winning basket every night. Like that's exciting, right? Like if you're a fan, you're going to stay to the end, be there. And even if it's Mia only laying it up and in, but if it's not like there, can you imagine what it'd be like when it's 99, 99, or how about you bring the ball up at 98-97? Like, do you shoot the three? Do you go for a two? Oh, like, the, the ball in the air for the game? Like, it's entertainment. This would keep entertainment through the roof. This is, like, we're not in, like, let's be honest about what we're, people are buying tickets, listening, watching on TV. Like, it's for entertainment. I, I always believe in this. This is, like, Major League Baseball should have a home run derby instead of extra innings. The bottom line on ESPN, now I understand people are watching OTT and everything else. Or, fine, notification on your text message, the new modern version of that. If you got a, a notification that they're within 10 points of the Elam number in the Clippers-Bucks game and it's tied at 93, are you turning it on? You think so? You bet. Yeah. You bet. Same way if the Yankees and Red Sox are playing and they're going to extra innings, you're not going to it. But if they tell you it's home run derby, you're going to it. It's the most highly rated moment of the game, of the season, home run derby. Like, it's entertainment. Elon scoring is so good. And even on a non-exciting game, like on an exciting game, it's a no-brainer. What I just, like what I just described is the best. But on a non-exciting game, it's even great. So we're up last night against Oklahoma City by 20 going to the fourth quarter. We set a number, like everyone's jumped. The last action by a fan is woohoo and high fiving their kid. We won. Right now, the last action is hey son, four minutes left. Let's go. Let's get you home for bed. That sucks. 
So uh, if you were going to forecast, what do you think the likelihood is that something like that could actually be changed over say, the next 10 or 15 years? I think it'll happen. Um, the only thing that has to happen is you have to decide that when someone's within uh, when someone gets within 17 points and someone gets within eight points, you have mandatory timeouts. I kind of like this idea. I, I, I'm certain it's going to happen. Like they're doing it in the all-star game. They're going to sample the G league next and then it's going to happen. It's a better game. It's just better. Like we're in entertainment business. It's just better. There's actually no good reason to not do it. And by the way, I don't mean this offensively. Like, and I should use players that aren't in our era. No one goes to a game and pays $150 to watch Elijah Hughes, Mia Oni, and Terrell Brantley. I like them. I think they all got a chance to play in our league. But that's not why you paid 150 bucks, Right? I think you're right. Jake, and I really, be- over there. I really believe in, like, the fine <laughs> – like, how pitiful – like – so I'll stop here and let you guys have your show back at some point. This has just been very blissful for me. Um, so think about what the arena looks like with three minutes left in a 20-point blowout. It's pitiful, right? Lower Bowl's got like 1,000 people left in it. If you have Elon scoring, no one's gone home. Almost no one's gone home, except for the one guy who's really concerned about beating traffic, and that's a game goal. Because... They want to be there for the final game winner. I wonder how many stodgy types there are out there that are going to resist this kind of change. I don't know. A lot, except for you want to know what's going to really get it done? Legalized gambling. Because hmm. fans can place bets on who scores the final basket. <laughs> well, Jake, what do you think? Oh, I hate it. But that's all right. Wait, 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 wait. What's the number one thing driving revenue in our in our league? You? TV ratings. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it. Okay, what's the biggest problem confronting the league right now? That uh, no one watch no one wants to watch games live, and they're all on different platforms, and they're all out there in different places. And the big, what's the biggest problem in TV, not for us, but in TV, is that no one wants to watch anything live, right? Suddenly, I'll let people bet on who's scoring the final play of the game, and you're increasing your time spent listening by your audience dramatically. This is a no-brainer. Why do you hate it, Jake? Oh, you're fundamentally completely altering the game. How would you compare oh. generations like we often wait, like wait. to do? Why? Because there's like – because because – how many fourth quarters actually score more than, like, like what is it that's changing the game? You want me to do a deep dive analysis on the average point scored by the winning team over the last 15 years in the fourth quarter and just take that number? Not really. Because then I'm not changing the game at all. But you're fundamentally altering how the game ends. Sure. But I'm not. What numbers am I changing? If the average number is 27.5, we go to 27. Like, do we really change how many points people score? Yeah, but you fundamentally changed the, how the game is played. The parameters no. in which the whole game operates. I just made it more interesting in the final five minutes of a blowout, and I made it some strategic differences late in the game, yes. Okay. Much better, though. In your opinion, much better, sure. Well, I mean, like we changed that we allowed zone defense and not allowed zone. That was a pretty big change. We changed uh, the hand not check nearly rule. as significant as what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know. I might argue that the hand check rule is more significant than any of it. 
Well, we'll table it for another day. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But I, by the way, can I just tell you, the Jake, I love you, right? You know that. I do. We're close. I'm your guy. The argument of it changes, therefore it's bad, is the worst argument to anything in society, in history, art, culture, or sport. The argument should be it's so good right now, we don't need to change it, but it's not that good right now, we do need to change it. But the argument of, oh, change is bad, means that we would have segregated schools, Jake. How about that for like an unfair well, debate that argument? That's completely right there. unfair. But also, change for change shake is rarely good. And sometimes the solution I'm not doesn't. I'm for change shake. I'm changing because I need to keep TV audiences. I'm changing because I've got to keep people engaged. I'm changing because I want to have fans have a better moment at the end of a game. I'm changing for all because it's better. In your opinion. I mean, lots of solutions have really, you know, crashed and burned. And then you're left yeah. with the, an inferior product. And I do think that people like sports because they like to compare eras and they like the legitimacy of it all and that it's not a big circus and it's not a big song and dance, that it's not WWE. You know, you tweak everything. It's it's the well, way it has been. Jake. And we're talking about altering how a game ends. It'd be like putting a time limit on baseball. But those those comparisons those comparisons are already impossible to make, you know. Yep, we do them every single day on this show. That'd be great. We do them every single day on this show. Can we go back to your previous idea? The idea of a time limit on baseball—that sounds wonderful. But it's fundamentally altering the game. Seriously, baseball is the ultimate. I played in college. I drove across country in 1990 and saw a game in every stadium. I loved this game more than anything on the planet. Like, don't hear this as someone who hates the game. Nothing in the world is more crippled by the idea of we can't change because it would alter the game. The game is horrifically boring, way too long, and superstars don't have enough impact on games. It's dreadful right now. And the data shows that most of America thinks it's dreadful. (laughs) Well, if you gave a uh, a soccer player a hockey stick, I might like that that sport better, too. But I don't think it's going to happen. David, thank you for jumping on with us. We should continue this discussion another time. But right now, we're we're way late. You're not not nominating me for commissioner of either of these sports? (laughs) Not yet, buddy. But, hey, I'm open-minded. I'll go back to doing podcasts. <laughs> no. Uh, we love having you on the show, David. We look forward to it. Seriously. Thank you very much. See you, guys. See you. David Luck, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. I've heard you use that argument before. Yeah, I don't agree with his concept there either, so he can compare me to segregated schools all he wants, but I don't agree with his point either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That 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 took it in a different direction. Yeah, but, yeah, it did. But but he is right from that standpoint. Not that, really. uh, Not not changing, just because that's the way it's always been done. Which is, is not what I said. It's kind of flawed. Not fun. Not altering the fundamental framework of a sport <laughs> that that has rules. Hey. And has you still got you still got to score you still got to play defense. And by the way, now you saying that we, we don't we can't compare generations uh, anyway. I never want to hear Magic Johnson brought up on this show again. <laughs> never. 
<laughs> yeah, but that's never fun to talk. Of. It's fun to talk about, but there's no way it's to not really relevant. Prove I don't want to hear about Buck ever again. The <laughs> the '80s Lakers never existed. In fact, I'm coming along with it now. If we, if it if it means that we can never talk about the '80s Lakers again, then sign me up for what? Play basketball underwater. I'm in. Okay, let's I'll do wait. it. Who brings up that those days more? Me or you? You do. The ladies Lakers? No, incorrect. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch. Oh, no, we got to get him on the line. Well, I'm glad he wasn't waiting on hold all this time because we really are quite We really are quite late. Uh, but, yeah, no more buck talk, which is nice. That's good. I'm glad we're here. <laughs> Come on, Jake. Be a little more progressive. Man, you, you and Locke are the worst. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he is our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's help our listeners with their love lives. Yes, that is exactly what we do. Uh, we help so many guys overcome the ED and get their love lives back on track with our technology. And you've maybe heard us talk about this acoustic wave therapy. Wasatch Medical uses the two most advanced forms now, um, clinically backed. We've read a lot of studies today. That's kind of been the focus. And I wanted to share one more that comes out of this um, urology magazine, Journal of Urology. Really cool. They put a bunch of guys with varying degrees of erectile dysfunction through our treatments um, to see if it works. In their conclusion at the end of it, they said, in our double-blind placebo-controlled study, the acoustic wave therapy that we use demonstrated a positive long-term clinical effect and improvement in erectile function. Uh, so cool and really solidifies what we're seeing every day in our clinic. Men getting off the pill, turning back the clock, and getting rid of the erectile dysfunction. Man, turning back the clock, that's got to be music to a lot of guys' ears out there. Get back to how it was. Get back to that spontaneity. Yeah, most men experience some kind of decreased blood flow as they age, and you're right, spontaneity, on-demand function. You know, the timing is right. You want things to work, and the pill doesn't really offer that and probably causes side effects the next day. This can get that on-demand function back. 801-901-8000, that's the number to call, 801-901-8000. Get on the uh, schedule now, and you always take really great care of our listeners, Andrew. We really do. We have a lot of guys that come in and take the free and don't do the treatments, and it's no problem. We have no issue with that. If you want to take the first step in reversing the erectile dysfunction, call us. We'll do the assessment, the exam, uh, the blood flow ultrasound with our MD, no charge. A little uh, enhanced gift now produces immediate results in the bedroom. Even if it's recreational, it's pretty cool. And new patients get free testosterone, so... A lot of value. Uh, give us a call. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you, guys. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. We will have more coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Take advantage of the spring LASIK sale going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision 
at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com today or call 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. Go uh, stop putting up with those contact lenses. It's not worth it. Right, Sounds Gordon? good to me. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, did you see that? Uh, the, and I'll I'll keep this brief because I know we're we're already up against it. But uh, did you see that uh, there's been a criminal complaint against Rams defensive lineman Aaron Donald? Oh, I, I didn't see that. Uh, with the Pittsburgh police, um, basically AJ Todd or let's see, attorney Todd J. Hollis said his client DeVincent Spriggs needed 16 stitches and suffered a broken orbitable orbitable orbital bone, excuse me, a broken nose, a concussion, and a sprained or broken arm. The alleged attack occurred around 3 a.m. Sunday, according to Hollis. And uh, the the attorney released a photo showing his injuries, and it's bad. But apparently, uh, Spriggs inadvertently bumped into Donald, and an incident ensued inside the Boom Boom Room nightclub that caused both parties to be asked to leave. Uh, quote, when they got outside, Mr. Donald approached Mr. Spriggs and Mr. Spriggs was punched and attacked again, allegedly by Mr. Donald and the individuals that were part of his group. And apparently uh, uh, Hollis said his client provided information to the cops about the incident uh, uh, today. Uh, so now they are, are looking into it. But a um, couple of things here, Gordon, with me. Uh, can I say the first thing? If you bump into Arnold Donald, uh, Aaron Donald, and want to make something of it after that, even if he's upset that you bumped into him, I, I, I'm, I have to question the intelligence of that. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> that's not a person that I would want to pick any kind of issue with. Um, and I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not suggesting that. He was in the right or whatever else. But, Jake, I, I'm not going there. I'm taking the, the surprise opposite approach. If you're Aaron Donald and you're worth that kind of ched and you're in the spotlight, <laughs> what on earth are you doing getting into a bar fight? Just go home. Yeah, yeah. You have way the- too much to lose. You have to be – I think you have to be smarter than that. And, I again, you and I both don't know all the details that go into this. But if this was just a he bumped into me and I – it was a pushing match, and then outside it turned into a, a fight fight. I mean, what are yeah. you doing? You're Aaron Donald. What? Aren't yeah. you a little old slash uh, uh, above bar fights? At what age uh, is it appropriate to stop getting into bar fights? You could oh, argue right. that any age. Yes. But, but if you're Aaron Donald, I, I don't care if this Briggs guy is the biggest jerk on the planet. You have way too much to lose. In fact, this guy could be asking for it just to sue you. Yes. Yeah. So what time was this at? Three. Yeah, it was late because I guess it was kind of the boom boom room as an after hours nightclub. Yeah. All right. There's where I'd go. Don't be out that late at the boom boom room. Nothing good happens at the high profile uh, athlete, celebrity, rich person. Do not be out that late at the boom boom room. I hear what you're saying, but I think you can go out and have a good time. And uh, have a couple of beverages, have fun with some friends, whatever, in a responsible manner. With like, you're not required to get into a bar fight if you're at a bar at 3 a.m. Why are we going then, Jake? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> you can't if you can't beat up a guy at the bar. Then why? I mean, why aren't we just staying home? You know, though you're right, Jake. Uh, upon further review here, because 
I have heard of that a lot through the years. Well, not a lot, but I've heard about it where there is, say, an NFL player who uh, has a certain reputation and somebody is trying to mix it up a little bit, maybe for the reason that you suggested there. Who knows what the reason is? But, uh, you know, if, if you're Aaron Donald, you cannot allow your machismo to get involved in this because you, you, it's, it's going to cost you more than it costs him probably. Way more, way more. This guy just has to heal up uh, a few bumps and bruises. <laughs> And when he inevitably gets a six-figure settlement out of Aaron Donald, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna win. So here's the question for uh, for uh, for Austin: Would you be willing to get punched a few times by Aaron Donald if it was going to bring you a hundred plus thousand dollars? Yep. I, I think, next question. I think everybody listening would do would do that for that much money. Take my arm. My daughter's no, going to have no. six figures in the bank. No. Yep. Well, well, you asked the question. That's my answer. Yeah. 100000 isn't what it once was. I wouldn't know. I'd like to give it a try. Would, 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 <laughs> I mean, those punches could do you in for good. I mean, it's easy to say that uh, when you're some, somebody who doesn't need a hundred grand or already well, has several hundred thousand dollars. Wait, 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 what, 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 no, what, are you stepping in front of, are you going to pick a fight with that man? For a hundred grand? 100%. I wouldn't even think twice. Well, that's not a guarantee either, you know, I mean. You did, that was you the scenario be... you just laid out. Plus, then yeah, you, know, you look at a but... picture of Aaron Donald and you look at a picture of me in this report on TMZ and Aaron Donald, a big mountainous athlete, picked on little weak Austin Horton. I'm going to win big. It's worth it to me to be at the Boom Boom Room at 3 a.m. getting punched by Aaron Donald. It's not worth it yeah, to Aaron Donald. Plus, you're going to punch me at the Boom Boom Room. But if the witnesses that are on hand say, no, that little guy right there started it. Prove it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, if you've got witnesses. No, Austin's going to go to. I've got my own witnesses. Going to go to Siegfried and Jensen, who work on consignment. <laughs> and they're going to be. They're going to be just as eager to uh, get as much money out of Aaron Donald as they possibly can. Yeah, well, you, I think your your solution is the best one, Jake. Just Arnold, walk away. Stay tuned. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Silly Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordon, we uh, talked to Dirk Facer. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. I've been practicing throughout the entire break trying to get Aaron Donald's name right. So let's see you say it over and over again real fast. Well, I'm not, uh, but uh, I screw up names all the time, so I wasn't going to say anything, buddy. It's all right. Aaron Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Arnold Darren. Got it. <laughs> That's a tough one to say. It's like toy boat. Um, Gordon, real quick, uh, the NCAA has apparently approved the uh, Wild West one transfer per athlete, um, according to the AP and others. Um, this will go into effect next year sometime, but it looks like that's uh, that's officially the road we're headed down. 
Um, let's see here. I'll just I'll read the exact wording from Ralph Russo of the AP. He says, starting next season, major college football and basketball players will be permitted to transfer one time before graduating without being required to sit out a year of competition. Well, you know how I feel about that. I don't think one time is, is destructive and it allows some freedom if somebody finds themselves in a situation that they are not enjoying or unable to uh, manage. So I, I don't think that's going to be complete chaos. It may create some situations that are a little bit unfortunate, but I think uh, I'm going to err on the side of freedom for the, uh, for the kids. Yeah, I actually think it's bad for the athletes um, because uh, I think the grass is always greener syndrome is, is just going to get worse, and you're just going to see hundreds and hundreds of uh, college students with no place to land without the, you know, assurity of staying in a program for several years to improve, they'll just end up uh, bouncing around. Um, but but here's the thing about that. I mean, can't you trust a uh, a person's judgment and being able to make that evaluation? Because you'd be silly. That's like a basketball player who jumps in the air before he knows what he's going to do with the basketball. I mean, you can't, you, you shouldn't transfer until, unless you've got a plan. Well, that doesn't happen very often. And uh, I do think it will lead to some disconnect with the fans and the programs because they don't know who's on their own team. We're already, already seeing it. In, we're already seeing it in college basketball. It's just going to get worse and worse. And uh, if you have I, a good again, player, it's going to be farmed out by a better program who's just going to come in and take that player. I mean, it's all sorts of stuff that I don't it's think is It's not that good. easy, though. It's not that it easy is, to though. transfer as a student. You're going to disrupt your entire life. And if you've got, let's say a kid goes to Utah, and he's playing and he really enjoys the situation, he, he's got a shot at the NBA just like he does anywhere else. But if he's in a situation where he and the coach don't get along or there's some kind of problem that's real or some sort of disconnect, then he's got a way out without being severely punished for it. Well, we're not talking about the NBA. We're talking about college. Um, uh, I, I meant college. But, no, I mean, I, I guess what I was saying right there is, like, you know, is the player's road to the NBA really the number one priority? Well, I mean, I, I think <laughs> – I guess I would leave that up to the athlete rather than have some sort of edict handed down by uh, by institutions who already control so much of what happens. Well, I think this is really game. going to hurt college sports. And it, it just is another opportunity for money to change hands, so all that bribery stuff that you hate is only going to get worse, too. Well, so. yeah, but when you say it hurts college sports, I mean, it— College sports is flawed to begin with. So let's make because it worse. Because already you have a situation where institutions are making millions and billions of dollars off people who get relative peanuts. I don't agree with that statement. I never have. Yeah. Well, so if that's your rationale, and I, I don't even think that's a good one. Why is it that coaches can leave but players can't? Well, it's not quite that simple because coaches have to break contracts, which requires all sorts of buyouts and things like that. Yeah, but so they don't care. it's not care. simply that they can go anywhere. Uh, they, they don't they care operate because in... they, they don't care because the, the, everything is is leaning in their favor. They're the ones who make all the money. They're the ones who are, someone else is going to go ahead and pay the the rest of the uh, the penalty. So it's it, it doesn't affect them really. Well, are you jelly? 
Because no, they're, they're pros and college players are, are uh, amateurs. And I've talked to you about this before. I actually believe in amateurism. Mm. All right. Well, and they're, well, it, they're not know, getting nothing we... and not even close to not getting nothing. They, they're comp- absolutely compensated. They're getting a whole lot less than the powers of B. Who's that? Everyone who controls the system in which they're they're caged. So who the Mark Emmert? Who's putting money in their pocket? Who's who's this them? The NCAA makes so much money off that of college it redistributes sports. right back to the schools. Well, okay, then the schools make it, but the kids which don't. they reinvest into the athletic program. The, uh, yes, they do. Where do you think all these facilities and stuff are coming from? The, the athletic money isn't going into the dean's pocket. It's not going back to the science department. They actually have to spend it on athletics to justify it. How much does Kyle Whittingham make? How much does so, Nick Saban I, make? I don't care. How much does Coach K make? What? That, you don't care? That doesn't make a difference to me. They're operating in their own collegiate coaching market. Yeah. Well, we'll just agree to disagree because we have never come to a, a peaceable ending as far as this discussion goes. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt here to improve some listeners' lives. If you've been out there dealing with ED, you don't need to do it anymore. What's up, Andrew? Hey, that's right, guys. You don't need to do it anymore. If you're frustrated in the bedroom, maybe younger than you think you should be, or you've got severe ED, Wasatch Medical Clinic has helped so many guys in every category. We use the only Cambridge study technology that exists, acoustic wave therapy, actually the two forms, and it opens up and regrows blood vessels, repairs soft tissues. And today has been all about the clinical science behind this. Um, The last one I wanted to share, this is our last segment, it says uh, in one of the uh, urology magazines, actually out of Canada, this one, it says the efficacy and tolerability of this treatment, coupled with the long-term benefits, make it an attractive uh, therapeutic option for men with erectile dysfunction. So, again, so cool and so much science behind this. We really are seeing some great results. If you're out there and feel like maybe the relationship is taking the hit, uh, this can be a great alternative if you want to get off of those pills. I just like it that you guys have figured out a better way to do it, right? That, that's, that's America right there. You take an existing problem, you say, we got a better solution. Right. And it took a while, 30 years of the pill. Um, I, I don't meet very many guys that enjoy taking it, maybe none, uh, that you know don't get side effects or don't experience that their body ha- builds up a tolerance. they got to take more. And, yes, this is... A revolution. It's an innovation for an age-old issue, and I think maybe, I know this is bold, but maybe someday the pills will be a thing of the past. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, that's the number to call. Get on that schedule, and uh, you're giving away a bunch for free. A bunch for free. Last segment of the night, guys, the assessment, the exam, uh, blood flow ultrasound with our MD, free. And by the way, no obligation to do anything. You can come and take the free. Uh, little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom, been very popular. And new patients get free testosterone if you're feeling like drive and ambition is down a little bit. We got you covered on that, too. Uh, give us a call. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, as always, Andrew. We appreciate you. Really appreciate you guys. Have a good one. See you, buddy. 
That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. More uh, Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another Wednesday comes and goes. Gordon, kind of strange. Uh, the Jazz have a couple of nights off here. Not not, uh, not at it again until Friday afternoon. Uh, good for them. I, I think uh, they, they need it. And uh, maybe a lot of teams need it. But the Jazz, the way we were seeing them play at the end of this stretch, was not the Jazz team that we've sort of become accustomed to see. And I think this will allow them to get their feet under them a little more and uh, have more energy and be able to play basketball the way they're capable of doing. Because David, uh, when he came on with us earlier, is right. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, really, for the rest of the year. And that's a grind. I mean, that's a it grind. Is. You don't get more than uh, uh, you don't get more than one day off. And I think they have three, if memory serves, back-to-backs left. Might actually be more. I have to go back and check. But that's that's. That's grinding it out to the end of the year. So, do, the, do those games in LA intrigue you at all? Uh, I, the Lakers are winning more without LeBron and Anthony Davis mm-hmm. than I would have anticipated, but not Indeed. really. Huh. Okay. Well, well you remember what happened the last time the Jazz played the Lakers without their guys? Didn't they even have LeBron that night? And the Jazz still, oh, yeah, the, and the did. Jazz still yeah. mopped the floor with them, right? Yeah. So did. I don't know, and and unlike other people I know, I don't really care about the L A K E R S. So <laughs> the, okay, the, the name the name on front of L A K E R S. So the name on the front of the jersey doesn't really do it for me. I, I love L A. I'm probably just as interested in the Indiana game as I am the Lakers game, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Malcolm Brogdon's playing yeah. great. <laughs> And DeMontis yeah. Sabonis? I love me some DeMontis Sabonis. Dude's an all-star. How many all-stars are playing for the Lakers currently? Yeah, but what about Kuz? Not an all-star this year, was no. it? No. No, I didn't say he was an all-star. Well, I'd, probably, I'd uh-huh. probably take Brogdon or Sabonis over Kuz. Um, okay. <laughs> there's, there's a connection to Kuz. He's from uh, right. Michigan? No, he, uh, he was... Uh, Put in a harness and held back by Larry Cascoe. Oh, I see. All right, Gordon, you uh, you enjoy your evening, sir. <laughs> I will. Just kidding, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.